Hello there and welcome into another edition of The Intersection with conversation highlights from The Meeting House on Faith Radio about a variety of topics, including news, information, and lifestyles approached from a Christian worldview perspective. Jonathan Pitts leads off this edition. You may have heard the story of his wife, Winter, who died unexpectedly, leaving him to take care of four young daughters and to seek the Lord to heal him within. You'll be hearing part of his story of grief, loss, and God's hand of comfort. And Douglas McKelvey is a writer who believes deeply in the ability of the arts to communicate faith principles. He has crafted now two books of liturgies designed to help believers seek God in the ebb and flow of everyday life, as well as life's overall unique experiences. Find out more ahead. And on this edition of The Intersection, Upward Sports uses youth sports as ministry tools. And even though COVID has adjusted schedules, the ministry continues to move forward. Its leader, Kevin Drake, brings an update on how Upward is being used of the Lord. Finally, Star Rogers has a moving story of the aftermath of abortion and experiencing God's grace and faithfulness. You'll be hearing a portion of how he has moved in her life coming up. This is The Intersection, a production of The Meeting House, and I'm Bob Crittenden. Jonathan Pitts is the executive pastor at Church of the City in the Nashville area and once served as executive director of the Urban Alternative, the ministry of Dr. Tony Evans. At the age of 38, his wife, Winter, and mother of their four daughters suddenly passed away. Jonathan relates what he experienced following that tragic event and how he saw God show up in his life in a book called My Winter Season, Seeing God's Faithfulness in the Shadow of Grief. Jonathan spoke with me recently here is a portion of that conversation. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I wasn't thinking anything about platform. I just actually started writing down the stories. I'm a writer by nature. I love to write. And so outside of writing with Winter, we co-authored two books. I just love to write. I love to edit. I love to write. And one of the things I started doing right away for my own therapy was just writing out the stories of what God had done. Um, my sister coming to town, uh, how God provided for us financially, um, how God provided this beautiful private school that my girls were in, how God got two of my other girls. I had two girls in this school. I couldn't afford for the other two to be there. And all these different things, I just started writing them down. And um, I, I, I can't remember at what point, but some months later, um, my book publisher, who was also Winter's book publisher, had become family to us just said, hey, would you be willing to share some of these things? I had already been sharing the stories on Instagram and sharing it just with the world um, because I just wanted to express what God was doing and sharing with people that were invested in me and praying for me. I just wanted to be sharing with them what God was doing. And so I guess I would say some of my own therapy turned into uh, into podcasts and some blog posts and some different interviews, and all that has now turned into a, a story that, uh, that I get to share that will, I think, just be kind of a um, – uh, a memoir of sorts and, and a reminder of what God's done for me, and then hopefully a, a a little bit of hope for somebody else that's hoping for the same thing um, as they've gone through loss or gone through uh, a loss of any kind, loss of a loved mm. one or even just the loss of – I always say grief is um, just dealing with lost expectations. And so any loss you have, it really is the same process. It can feel sometimes harder than, than less hard. Obviously, the loss of a loved one is the hardest thing you can go through. But loss of all kinds I think can resonate with um, the stories I share because it's really just seeing God's faithfulness in the middle of your grief. Jonathan Pitts joining us today here on The Meeting House on Faith Radio. He's authored the book called My Winter Season, Seeing God's Faithfulness in the Shadow of Grief, a tribute, if you will, to his late wife, Winter, what he saw God do in their lives together and since her passing, how God has been at work in his life and in the lives of his four daughters. And Jonathan, 
you are in position in leadership as an executive pastor at a church in Nashville. You obviously come face-to-face, especially in the midst of this pandemic, with people who've experienced loss, grief, perhaps lost loved ones, loss of jobs, loss of stability in our lives as you are able to now share out of the depth of your experience, what do you sense are some messages that God has given you in order to minister to people who are experiencing loss right now? Yeah, I mean, I think the two main messages that I carry just innately in who I am, I'm not sure if God gave these to me prior to Winter's Passing or with her passing. The first is the one I mentioned, Philippians 4.8, like just having a perspective that God is in control. So in, in order to do that, Philippians 4.8 says, whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is honorable, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is excellent, whatever is praiseworthy, think on these things. Paul's telling us to do those things because everything isn't those things. There, there's lots of other things we could be looking at. We could be sad. We, obviously, sadness is an okay feeling to have, but we could be looking kind of glasses half full mentality, but Paul calls us to look higher. Paul calls us to look at what's true and right and honorable and pure and lovely because he knows that in so doing, it's going to change our perspective to what God's actually doing in the middle of our loss, in the middle of our grief, despite the fact that those feelings are real. So the first is just gaining perspective, and then the second is what I would call just the discipline of celebration, which is just this reality of Paul says in that same book, in the book of Philippians, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, again, rejoice. And Paul's calling us again to something higher that we can celebrate despite what we're going through. Paul's saying that in the middle of all the pain he's going through, and there's persecution happening, and um, you know, he's, he's not writing this, this letter from a place of uh, perfection and riches and all these worldly blessings. He's writing this from a place of uh, real brokenness and real sadness and all that's happening in the church in that time. But he's saying, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say it, rejoice. And he says that because he knows it's in rejoicing um, that we can actually live out the Christian life. You know, I think about uh, the, the verse in Hebrews that says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, talking about Jesus. That we can have the same mindset that Jesus had, although he was going to endure tremendous suffering. Um, he could, with hope, look ahead to what was going to be accomplished, which was our salvation. And so in the same way, like Jesus, we can imitate him and we can imitate Paul and look forward to the hope that is coming. Dr. Evans, my mentor, always says that hope is joyful expectation of a better tomorrow. And regardless of what we've gone through, no matter the loss we've experienced, because we have Jesus, because we have God, because we have a, a hope, not only in this world that life can get better, but much more so in eternity that life will get better, we can always have a reason to rejoice because life is going to get better and we can have that hope. And so, yeah, I would say perspective that God's in control and just a rejoicing regardless of what we're walking through because, um, because we know that the, that the story ends better than where we might be. Jonathan Pitts here on The Intersection. You can learn more through the ministry website for the ministry for girls like you that Winter established along with Jonathan. The website address is fourgirlslikeyou.com. Next up on this edition of The Intersection Podcast, it's Douglas McKelvey. He is the author of now two Every Moment Holy books. The most recent is called Every Moment Holy, Death, Grief, and Hope. It's a book of prayers and liturgies. Here now with more is Douglas McKelvey. When I was in college, I was introduced for the first time to the Book of Common Prayer. Um, I had grown up in in traditions that were um, very non-liturgical in the the sense that 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 word is often used. Um, And I was immediately drawn to two things. One was the depth of um, of deep theological truth 
that was ex expressed in such succinct form um, and that had in some cases been shaped over generations, over hundreds of years with generation after generation of believers shaping and attesting to the scriptural truth contained in these statements. Um, and I was also struck by the, the beauty, the actual aesthetic beauty of much of, of the writing, um, that it wasn't poetry, but there was this sense of um, the rhythm and the cadence of, of the language and, and the marriage of those two things, this deep truth distilled from scripture and set in the context of beautiful words, uh, that just resonated with me. Um, and so that was my first introduction to, to the potential power, transformative power of a liturgical prayer, of a prayer that someone had prayerfully and carefully, or many people had labored over, you know, over the course of many years um, to create something that was such a beautiful vehicle for such beautiful truth. Um, and then when I became a songwriter, a song lyricist in uh, the mid nineties, and I pursued that vocationally for about 15 years as my primary vocation, that was also a craft where it was, it required a person to learn to say as much as you can in a very small space. Hmm. Um, so some years after that, um, probably 2016 or so, when I decided to, uh, to try to write a prayer just because I needed one, to focus me um, before I would sit down to write in the morning. I just had the idea on a whim that oh, I think I'll, I'll try to structure this in a liturgical structure. Um, I, partially probably just because it was kind of a challenge to, <laughs> um, to give myself the additional structure on it. But I think it was also because that kind of, the beauty of that sort of expression had resonated so deeply with me for, for so much of my life. Um, and that was actually where the Every Moment Holy Project began, was just me recognizing, oh, I need a prayer to focus myself before I begin to write in the morning. I need to, I need something that will help me reorient to who I am in relation to my creator and to who I am in relation to the gift that I'm a steward of and to who I am in relation to the community of people that I hope to serve by using my gifts. And so I wrote that prayer, which was a liturgy for fiction writers. Um, hmm. And then the entire project, just within a few weeks, uh, the concept for the project had grown out of that. And I had pitched it to a publisher and they, they said, yes. So yeah, it was, it was an idea that arrived almost fully formed. Wow. 
right at the beginning. Douglas McKelvey here on The Intersection. You can find out more by going to everymomentholy.com. This is The Intersection Podcast. It's a weekly production of The Meeting House, and you can learn more through meetinghouseonline.info or go to the programming section at faithradio.org. You'll find a link to the Media Center, the place where you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured here on The Intersection. You can also find the podcast in the Media Center, and it's available through iTunes. Two blogs are accessible. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community, and the other is The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from the Meeting House program. You can also follow me on Twitter and access the Meeting House Facebook page, and there's a link to video content. Conversations from the Meeting House program can also be found through the Faith Radio app at a variety of podcast platforms. That would be Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, or iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or TuneIn. Learn more through meetinghouseonline.info. You can go to the programming section at faithradio.org and click on the Meeting House link. Next up on this edition of the Intersection Podcast, it's the Executive Director of Upward Sports, Kevin Drake. In a recent conversation with me, he shared an update of the ministry, which partners with and equips churches who wish to host youth sports leagues in a variety of sports. Here now is Kevin Drake. I think we're all looking forward to the day that there are no cardboard cutouts in any stadiums <laughs> across the nation. Absolutely. The One of, one of the, the really important things you said was is that the NFL was actually able to have a full season. And so we're we're seeing that across the nation with our church partners. Of course, it varies depending on where they're at due to state regulation differences. Uh, However, churches across the nation are figuring out that, one, kids uh, need the gospel, and so do their parents. And so for us to have the opportunity to partner with churches so that they can run leagues is paramount. We've tried to be a leader nationally in helping churches to safely and thoughtfully uh, get together for sports during the pandemic. And so we see more opportunities now than we have in the last 10 months. You know, I I think we're we're turning the corner in terms of the vaccination is starting to take hold in in, states like even California with a recent ruling are going to loosen up some of the ways that churches can get back together. And so there's a lot of encouragement and enthusiasm around sports and around churches in general, just gathering together again. Well, something you said, Kevin, and I think that it's something we can really underscore here. You you said that kids need the gospel. So do their parents. I've participated in upward basketball, not as a player, but as a coach, as well as through a a partnership that our ministry has had with Fraser Church, a local church here with an upward basketball league and other upward sports to actually do halftime devotions, which is a way to reach the parents with the gospel as well. So I've seen it from both the kids' side as well Mm -hmm. as the parents' side. For people that don't know the inner workings of an upward program. You have a variety of sports and it's a it's a Christ-centered concept. So for people that may not be familiar with Upward or maybe have heard the name, maybe even their kids have participated in it, give us an overview of what these Upward leagues yeah. do. Yeah, thank thank you for that. So really um Upward is is a national sports leader that partners with churches across the nation to help them to run leagues. And so we have football, 
uh, we have basketball and we have we have uh, soccer. And uh, next month, we're going to announce um, that we're adding volleyball uh, across the nation. So we'll have four main sports that we partner with churches on. So we have software that makes it really easy for a church, no matter what size they are, to run some sort of league. And um, the way that it works is you, you run the league, whether it's at your church, if you have a gym, um, if you don't have a gym and you have a place outside your church where you can uh, play ball or somewhere in your community, you can you can compel people to come and and, pl- and bring their kids to play sports. And as you mentioned, the great part is at halftime, there is an opportunity for them to hear the gospel. And we've had over 7 million children to participate in upward sports over the last 25 years. And thousands of those children have come to to know Christ. And so that's why we exist. Sports is a tool and a vehicle that we use to help bring people to Christ. You know, I had a pastor that was I was texting back and forth with recently, and he said that he was trying to figure out how to get his church people to come back to church. You know, folks have gotten used to not being in service. And as things loosen up, it's going to be paramount for churches to reconvene people. Well, sports leagues are a great way to compel people to come back to your church. Kevin Drake here on this edition of The Intersection. The Upward Sports website is upwardupwar.org. Finally, on this week's edition of the Intersection Podcast, it's Star Rogers. She is a pro-life author and speaker. In our recent conversation, she shared part of her pro-life story and testified to God's grace and forgiveness toward her based on her book, God's Grace Alone. From that conversation, this is Star Rogers now. I never was fine because from having those four abortions, it just, my mind was hardened, my heart was hardened. I couldn't make, you know, rational decisions. I was, you know, I was just a total mess. But after we got married, I became pregnant for the fifth time. And I thought, you know, well, now I can have this child and everything will just be, you know, like it's supposed to be. We'll have it, raise it together. But he did not want this this child because he already had two children by his first marriage. And he was, you know, just done and so he pitched a fit and raised Cain, and I just, you know, I just decided that I would go on, you know, and just terminate this pregnancy too. But I was so far along with this baby that I could not have an abortion in Alabama. I could only go to Kansas or Atlanta to terminate this baby. So I decided to go to Atlanta to do it. And it had just been, driving over there, it had just been so hard. I was crying on the way over there because I really did, I did want this baby. I just didn't, you know, I didn't want to go through the abortions anymore. But I was going to just do it to make him happy, you know. That's what I thought my life was. I thought it was that I had to please, you know, this man. So I got I got to Atlanta and I got over there and it was just the feeling inside of that building when I walked in. It was just, you know, just like an evil presence when you when you go in there. And I went in and, you know, you gotta go in and, you know, pay for it and then you you talk to a counselor. So I 
I got back there, and when I went into the office back there to talk to to the counselor, she was sitting behind her desk, and I went in, and I was just crying and just so hard that she got up from her desk and came around and just, you know, held me while I while I was crying. And, and I told her, you know, I said, you know, I've had these other abortions. I'm, I'm here for my fifth one now, and I don't want to do it because the one that I was fixing to have there was not like the others that I had had in Alabama. This one was going to be the Celine solution where they just, you know, your baby is just burned alive. And she was she was talking to me about that, and like I said, I was just crying. And she um, she just looked up at me, and she just held me again. She just squeezed me real hard, and she went. There was curtains behind her desk, and she opened them up, and she she told me she said. Do you see those dumpsters that are out there? And, you know, I said, yes. And she said, well, that is where they're going to put your baby out there. And I, I just had just a, just a total emotional breakdown. She was, I mean, she was just like holding, you know, she was just having to hold me up. And she looked at me, you know, after she had gave me a tissue to wipe my eyes and everything, and she she said, you just go back home to Alabama and you have your baby. And I looked at her and I told her, I said, and that is exactly what I'm going to do. And I know that that day that that happened, that that woman wasn't, angel that God put in that room that day to stop the slaughter. Star Rogers here on The Intersection. You can find out more by searching for the book title, God's Grace Alone. We are nearing the conclusion of this week's edition of The Intersection Podcast, the weekly production of The Meeting House. You can find out more by going to meetinghouseonline.info or by visiting the programming section at faithradio.org. You'll find a link to the Media Center, the place you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured on the Intersection Podcast. You can also find the podcast in the Media Center and through iTunes. Two blogs are accessible. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community, and the other is The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from The Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter and access the Meeting House Facebook page. Plus, there's a link to video content. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info, or you can go to the programming section at faithradio.org. Thanks for joining me for this edition of the Intersection Podcast. I'm Bob Crittenden.